Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Catch These Vibes. You are listening to episode 24. Okay, I'll stop singing. Welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is episode 24. You are listening to season four and we're doing this whole 90s theme series, right? Um, and so the movie for this week is Beauty and the Beast. Came out in 1991. That was the year I was born. And I really used to love watching this movie. So let's get into it, shall we? Okay, so let's go ahead and get into all about Beauty and the Beast. This became the very first full-length animated feature film in cinema history to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture. So that year, what won the Best Picture Award was Dances with the Wolves. It was a Western drama. It says it was three hours long. I don't feel like I ever heard of this movie. Maybe I have, but I really don't remember. A Civil War soldier develops a relationship with a band of Lakota Indians. Attracted by the simplicity of their lifestyle, he chooses to leave his former life behind to be with them. Having observed him, they give him give the name Dances with Wolves. Soon he is welcomed a welcome member to, of the tribe and falls in love with the white woman who has been raised in the tribe. Tragedy results when Union soldiers arrive with designs on the land. Hmm, I might be interested in this. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe if I come across it one day, I might press play. I don't know. But But yeah, so that was the movie that beat Beauty and the Beast, but that definitely was a big deal to be the first movie to ever be nominated. Like, that's pretty cool. But they did win Best Music Original Score and Best Music Original Song that year. 
So that's pretty dope. The meta score, overall meta score on this movie is 95. This movie was directed by Gary Trollsdale and Kirk Wise. There are a lot of uh, writers involved in this movie, so I'm not about to read every single one of their names, but yeah. The directors, they they worked on a lot of different of other Disney movies. Um, I see Hunchback of Notre Dame, Atlantis, Lion King, um, some Shrek shorts, and what else? Let me see. Spirited, which came out in 2001. Spirited Away. Why do I feel like that came out recently? Like, I could have sworn a movie. Maybe it was just called Spirited. I don't know. And, yeah, so they they both worked on pretty much the same things. Uh, Kirk Wise did some work on Oliver and Company. I really love that movie. I ain't, haven't seen that in a long time. But, yeah, so shout out to the director. Shout out to all the writers who had a hand in creating this movie. And so let's get into the story, what it's about, what I love about it, anything that sticks out to me that I don't really like or that I want to make fun of. We're going to get into all of those things. So we have Belle, who is voiced by Paige O'Hara. Let me look and see what else she's done. Oh, she was also Belle in Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, okay. She was in Enchanted. Um, and then, of course, it looks like just in everything that involved Belle, she was just always the voice of her. Pretty cool, pretty cool. And then we have Beast, voiced by Robbie Benson. Looks like he did some work on Friends for a couple years and some other things that I do not know of. Okay, so we're not going to get into it, but shout out to him. Um, Wait, let's see. Who is Gaston? Gaston, voiced by Richard White. What else did you do, Mr. White? Uh, Nothing that I know of. Okay. All right. So this movie has a Disney princess and Belle is that Disney princess. I really love Belle. I also really love Snow White and Cinderella. Those were my favorite Disney princesses for a very long time. And then Brandy, she was she was Cinderella, so that was, you know, she was my favorite too. And then we now we we got Princess um, Tiana a couple years, you know, later or down the line. So, oh, and Jasmine, Jasmine, that was my girl. Anywho, Belle is a, the Disney princess in this movie. Uh, she and her father live in this town where the people are just really rude and rude in a sense that they they don't accept them for being different. Uh, especially Belle, they make fun of her. They say she's a really funny girl, but I don't think they mean that in a good way because she reads books. And I guess this movie was um, 
displaying a time where women didn't do those types of things. Um, women didn't read, or if they did, it was unusual. It was just like, why are you doing that? You should just want to cook clean and, and be someone's wife and not aspire for anything else. That's basically the times that this movie is based in, given the way that Gaston carried himself throughout the movie. Um, so... Gaston, he was, I don't even know like what he was or what he thought made him special, what, what the reason was behind that. I don't know if it was just because he thought he was handsome and he was told he was handsome all his life. So he thought that he could just get whatever he wanted. But yeah, so we have him. Uh, Maurice is Belle's father, who is a, an inventor and he has been working on this invention so that he can enter into a town fair, I guess. And that would, I guess, help him um, get noticed for his inventions and help them obviously get in a better position, um, money and things like that. So, Belle and her father have been planning for this fair. Her father leaves to go to the fair because he he finished his invention. He tried it out and it worked. So he was like, okay, I'm about to go take it so I can enter it into the fair. Um, so it's like, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, okay, are they new here? Like, are they new to this town? Because how does Belle not have any friends? She don't got no friends or anybody that she talks to besides maybe the librarian when she goes to get books but like everybody else is just like she's just an outsider like I don't know but I was thinking about that like were they new to that town like did they just get there recently and now um he's been working on this invention to help him help them be more accepted and change their life I don't know but I guess at the same time it's very possible that they've always been outsiders and always just not you know never been accepted by the people that's very very possible for it to be that way too I don't know random thought but yeah so Maurice he leaves to go enter into the fair he does not know where he's going I don't know why this man traveling and don't know where he going but he gets lost maybe he should have left earlier in the day or maybe he should have left the next morning maybe he should have did that so that he'll have more daylight you know more chance of being able to see and not get lost but yeah so he ends up getting lost and ends up at this castle so this castle belongs to a prince this prince was cursed because he was a fucked up person who didn't think of no one but himself. So he was cursed. And the curse was by the age of 21. If you don't develop some type of heart and love for someone, a woman, and gain her love back, then you will remain cursed forever. So... The curse turned him into a, this beast. And so he was just this miserable beast that lived in this big old castle and didn't want anybody to disturb him. But 
At the same time, he left the gate unlocked. He left the door unlocked. So Maurice was able to just walk right on in, you know, for someone who didn't want anybody to come, you know, bother him. He didn't really act like it, you know. But yeah, so Maurice, he comes across this castle. Oh, because in the the woods where he's um, found himself found himself to be lost in, there was wolves, and so the wolves um, was bothering him and his horse, and that kind that got the the horse rowdy, and he fell off the horse, and then he ends up at this castle. So he enters the castle and. He is greeted by the talking lamp or candle holder. Um, I don't know <laughs> the name of it. But yeah, the, the candle holder thing and the clock. So he, he finds out that, that this castle has talking um, devices, um, talking things that are not humans. And he's just like, you know, how does this work? How does this create it? But yeah, so they 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 try to have him make himself at home because they are just so thirsty for for a guest that they're like, we gotta we gotta make this man comfortable, even though we know that he's not supposed to be here. So they got the guy Marie sitting in the beast chair and just chilling and kicking his feet up, and then the beast comes. And obviously he's upset. He starts saying all types of different things. And and he ends up locking Maurice up in like this cellar type thing. I guess it was the tower. And the tower had cells. So he locked Maurice right up in one. And was like, you my prisoner because you trespass. And you're not a woman. So this is what I'm going to do with you. He put him in the cell. So that happens that night and then the next day comes the next day Gaston takes it upon himself to propose to Belle. He thought that it was going to be easy, that it was going to be a no-brainer, that she was just going to say yes and accept his proposal and everything was just going to be you know, great, smooth sailing. But no, he was in for a, a rude surprise, a rude awakening when Belle turned him down. She said, I don't deserve you, Gaston. Kicked him out. He fell into the mud. And that made him infuriated. And it became his mission to get her, get a woman that did not want him. What is that with you all? What's up with that, men? You go after women who don't want you. But I mean, I guess sometimes that that persistency works. But in the case for Gaston, it, it just, uh-uh, it just wasn't. This man really thought that she was going to be the woman to, to bow down and, and rub his stank feet. And he had the nerve to take his shoes off and have holes in his socks. Like, Come on now. He really thought that I was going to be attracted to her. But for a woman like Belle, she wasn't selling it for none of that. She had no interest in Gaston whatsoever. 
So she, he turned, she turned down his proposal and that, that made Gaston very upset. So he was just like at a point where he's like, okay, well, since she's not going to marry me willingly, I guess I'm going to have to force her. So the day goes on and Belle starts singing <laughs> and then her, their host, their house, damn, their horse, Philippe, his name was Philippe. He ends up showing up frantic and she's able to understand, you know, that something's obviously wrong with her dad, Papa. So she gets on Philippe and rides to save her father from danger. So she arrives to the castle. Um, the wolves, no, actually the wolves don't mess with her just yet. She arrives at the castle and she sees her father's hat. So she knows that he was there. She enters the gate. Again, the gate's not locked. No type of security. Nothing like that. She's just able to walk right on in. Walks right on in the front door. The door is not locked. I guess they don't lock doors at the castle. I guess he's just too depressed to lock anything that he can't do it. I don't know. But so, yeah, she's also well, actually, I think the the lamp and the clock, they just they kind of leaded her to the tower so that she'll be able to find him, her dad. So Belle finds her father locked in the cell. He she's obviously immediately. Like, what's going on? Why are you in there? Like, what the heck? He's telling her to leave, to get out of there, and don't come back. But the beast, he finds them. And one thing leads to another. Belle ends up taking her father's place. And she has to stay there forever in order for him, her father, to be released. Beast, he's super surprised by this. Like, he's like, you do that for him? Like. Wow, that's what love is. He's super shocked. So he doesn't even let her say bye to her dad. He just sends him off. And she is stuck there with him forever. So he tries to be nice all of a sudden. Like, I'm going to take you to your room. And that's because... You know, I I think that the the lamp, the candle holder thing, a magic was like really his butler in real life or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, like I didn't just watch the movie, but I kind of fell asleep on it. So, but anyways, I was tired, y'all. Forgive me on my research. But yeah, so he, they're like helping him out, giving him advice because these, all these different things, like the, 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 the plates, they talk, the dang stove talks. And I think the stove was really the chef in real life. All these things are people who was in his life previously, people that helped out around the castle and things like that. 
so they're all all throughout the movie they're helping him out trying to give him advice because their life is on the line too like if you don't find love then we gotta stay like this forever just like you so our life is counting on this too so you can't mess it up so they're like you know encouraging him and telling him okay well she's gonna be here forever then you need to give her a room so they show her to her room but obviously she's not she's upset she didn't get to say bye to her dad she's she has to stay at this place, you know, for the rest of her life. And I mean, who will really be happy about that? So it takes her a while to warm up to him. And she is so hard headed and so curious. He tells her not to go to the West Wing, but she ends up going to the West Wing and all in her all in his business. And it's like he really he did have a right to be upset because it's like I told you you can go everywhere explore the castle just do not go to the west wing and what did she do she took her butt to the west wing and was being nosy and found the rose and it's like girl if you would have touched it and messed it up you could have like missed you could have made the time speed up for you know time that I have left to live so he had a right to be upset maybe he did you know overdo it with the yelling get out multiple times louder and louder um but that caused her to really leave and she was just like you know I'm not staying here for this yeah I'm trying my best not to cuss because this is like a kid movie so but um so yeah so she was like I'm out of here and yeah <laughs> she left so she left and she got a horse and her and Philippe was gone with the wind until they saw the dang wolves the wolves attacked them it almost ate her for for dinner but the beast he came outside to save her and it's just like he really felt terrible about you know yelling at her immediately after he did it and so if it wasn't for him coming out there for her to her rescue, she would have been gone. She would have been, like I said, she would have been dinner. It just would have been over for her. So he saved her life and she was helping him with his wound because he was a little scratched up or whatever. And that way they were able to connect and get a little bit closer. And so the next day he showed her the huge library that he had and this was just something that was meant a lot to her because she likes to read and and you know reading is so frowned upon at the in the town so to have somebody to gift her with something like that was really special and meant a lot to her so they started to really get close and develop a friendship and a closeness and so they have a scene, they, a really cute scene when they they're playing in the sand, uh, not the sand, <laughs> playing in the snow. Really, really cute scene. And then they have the scene where she gets dressed up. Well, they all get dressed up, and it's like they have their own little special ball, and they dance the night away. And you know, at this point, Belle was really happy. I mean, she's being treated like a princess. Beast is being really kind and loving to her. But the only thing missing is her dad. So 
while this is going on, her dad, he gets back to their house and he's just like, obviously he's upset. He's like, I got to save her. This beast has my daughter and his, it's taking her as a prisoner. I have to go. I have to do something. So he ends up going to the bar and in this bar, Gaston is in there plotting, plotting on how he could do something to make her have no choice but to marry him. And so Maurice goes into the bar and he's, you know, screaming about Belle being taken by a beast and nobody believes him. Everybody thinks he's crazy already. So this just kind of made that even worse. And so they dragged him out of the bar and this, this kind of lights a, a light bulb in Gaston's head. And he's like, okay, well, if he's acting crazy, then maybe I could, I could use that to my advantage because everyone calls him crazy old Maurice. So that just helps him with his plan. So we get to a point where The beast, he is so, he just really cares about Belle and he wants her to be happy. He sees that she's not happy and and she's, she tells him that she just really wants to see her dad because she she's worried about him and and she just wants to know that he's okay because she didn't really get to see him when he, he was sent home. And so the beast has this mirror and the mirror lets you see anything that you want to see. And so she was able to see her father in the mirror and she saw that he was not having a good time. I mean, not doing so well, obviously not having a good time, but he wasn't doing so well. He was coughing. He was in the snow, looked like he was having a really hard time um, just getting around. Like he just looked miserable. So she was just like, I have to go to him. I have to, you know, make sure that he's okay, get him some help because he looks like he's dying. And so the beast lets her leave. And so she leaves to go to her father's rescue again. And once she gets to him, Gaston and all the townspeople are there or end up coming to the house and saying that they're going to take her father away and put him in the psych ward because he's crazy. He's crazy old Maurice. And so this is his plan. His plan is to take her father, lock him up in the psych ward and say that she has to marry him in order for him to be free. And so she's just like, my dad's not crazy. I'll prove it to you. The beast is real. So she shows everybody the beast in the mirror, the mirror that the beast gave to her so that she'll be able to, you know, see whatever she needs to see. And then so everybody, all the townspeople and Gaston immediately are on the attack and are going to the castle to kill the beast. So this at this point, all the townspeople and all the different thingamabobs in the castle, so from the from the dishes, from the from the crock pots, from the, the stove to the candle holder to the clock. They're fighting against the townspeople to, you know, defend their castle. And so Gaston and the beast end up getting into a fight. And Gaston really 
wanted to fight the beast because the way that Belle spoke of him, she was just like, he's my friend. I really, I really enjoy spending time with him. Like I, he's, he's really nice. Like he wouldn't harm any of anyone. And so he didn't like that. Like he got really jealous. And so that just kind of added the fuel to the fire and really made him want to be out to get the beast. So they fight and we all know who wins. Yeah. So the curse was that obviously he proved his love to Belle by letting her free, letting her go get her dad. Like that was a a good gesture, a kind gesture, because that's saying that I see that you're not happy and I care about you and I want you to be happy. So I'm going to, you know, allow you to be free because I don't want you to be a prisoner and be unhappy here and you know I want you to go get your father and help him so he showed his love to her by by doing that by that action it was just the the matter of her loving him back so after everything that her love is shown to him and and he turns back into the handsome prince and they live happily ever after the end all right so it's did you know time this movie has a lot of did you know facts so we're just going to go through some of the most interesting ones all right so all the songs were the last complete works for movie for a movie by academy award winner howard ashman ashman died eight months prior to the release of this movie this movie is dedicated to Ashman at the end of the final credits. You can read the dedication to our friend Howard, who gave a mermaid her voice and a beast his soul. We will be forever grateful. So Dame Angela Lansbury, who plays Mrs. Potts, thought that another character would be better suited to sing the ballad Beauty and the Beast. Directors Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise asked her to make at least one recording to have for a backup. That one recording ended up in the movie. So that's the one where they they have their their dance and it tells us all this time. Beauty and the beast. <laughs> okay. So when Paige O'Hara was auditioning, a bit of her hair flew in her face and she tucked it back. The animators like this, so they put it in the movie. So the majority of the sculptures seen in the castle are different earlier versions of the beast. So the beast, um, he was created um, by Glenn, Glenn Keane, who was the supervising animator of the beast. So he did create his own hybrid beast by combining the mane of a lion, the beard, and head structure of a buffalo, the tusk and nose bridge of a wild boar, the heavily muscled brow of a gorilla, the legs and tail of a wolf, and the big and bulky body of a bear. He also has blue eyes, which is the only physical feature that does not change whether he is a beast or a human. In the 1930s and again in 1950s, Walt Disney attempted to adapt Beauty and the Beast into a movie. 
but could not come up with a suitable treatment. So the project was shelved. It wasn't until The Little Mermaid, which came out in 1989, it wasn't until that movie became hugely successful that they decided to try it a third time. So it does look like songs do take up 25 minutes of this movie and the only five minutes so only five minutes were without any musical score at all that's wow only five minutes that's interesting so until disney uh pixar's up to which came out in 2009 was nominated in 2010 this was the only animated movie to be nominated for the academy award for best picture wow it's like so many good animated Disney movies have came out during that time period. I guess none of them was good enough in their eyes. Okay, so this is a this is a interesting one. It says Jackie Chan performed the voice acting and singing for the Beast in the Chinese, a Mandarin dub of this movie. It says the dance between Belle and Prince Adam, which is the beast, in the finale was actually reused animation of the dance between Princess Aurora and Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty. The original Sleeping Beauty in 1959 pair had been drawn over to become the new Beauty and the Beast pair because the animators were running out of time during the production of this movie. Almost the entire cast were stars of Broadway musicals, most notably Dame Angela Lansbury and Jerry Orbach. Disney intended it that way, hoping that the that a theatrical backer could finance a future stage version of this movie. Originally, this movie was going to be more faithful to the original French fairy tale, which featured a darker and more sinister theme. However, when Alan Menken and Howard Ashman joined the production, this idea was dropped. The song Be Our Guest was originally supposed to be sung to Maurice instead of Belle, but Bruce Woodside pointed out that the song was in the wrong place because Maurice was not the focus of the story, and it made no sense to waste such a wonderful song on a secondary character. Facts. Facts. That would have made no sense at all. I, and Be Our Guest, that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite song out of all of them that they perform is and then it's just like they're just so excited to have a guest because they haven't really had any they haven't really been able to pull out all the stops for somebody because nobody's been coming by so that whole the whole meaning of the song I really love it and I think it's a really fun probably one of the the best scenes everything that's going on definitely my favorite so, nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture, losing to The Silence of the Lambs, it was, however, the first full-length animated feature to win the Golden Globe Award for Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy, and the first Best Picture Oscar nominated for Walt Disney Pictures since Mary Poppins, as well as third nominated for the Walt Disney Company after Mary Poppins and Dead Poets Society. 
Wait, is it the sounds of the lambs or dances with wolves? I don't know. We're going to have to get our facts straight on that one. Because I read two different things. But in the first song where Belle sings in the town, she sits by a fountain. As she reads the book described earlier as an adventure with the prince in disguise, which sounds just like the story, she flips to a page with the picture. Look closely and you will see that she is in the bottom right, the beast in the middle left, and the prince's castle in the middle. Hmm. Gonna have to look back at that. So this movie depicts Belle as being an only child, or at least makes no mention of her having siblings. In the original fairy tale, Belle is the youngest of three daughters, and her sisters are wicked and selfish, and secretly taunt and treat the kind-hearted Belle like a servant to them. It is believed that the sisters were purposefully omitted from Disney ad adaptation because they were too similar to characters in another Disney movie, Cinderella. Yeah, that would have been too similar. I'm glad that they did that. So this movie was previewed at the New York Film Festival in September 1991 in a work-in-progress format. Approximately 70% of the footage was the final color animation. The other 30% consisted of storyboard reels, rough animation pencil tests, cleanup, final line, animation pencil tests, and computer animation tests of the ballroom sequence. This marked the first time that Disney had done a large-scale preview of an unfinished movie. There was some concern at the studio as to what the audience, consisting of only adults, would think of the work-in-progress version. According to producer Don Hahn, the audience gave this movie a strong, overwhelming standing ovation. When Beast and Gaston are having their life-or-death struggle on the castle during the climax, Gaston yells, Bell is mine. Originally, he was supposed to say, time to die, but the writers changed it to fit Bell back into the scene. Bell is the first brown-haired Disney princess. The first brunette. Glenn Keane was most excited about the transformation sequence and said it would be the highlight of his career in animation. He purposefully asked that it be the last thing animated of the beast in order to save the dessert for last. The schedule said that he would only have two weeks to complete the animation. He went to produce producer Don Hahn and asked that it be changed because he was not going to be able to get the emotion across that was needed on such a tight agenda. Han told him to forget about the schedule and take as long as was needed. Of the three animated movies nominated for Best Picture, this is the only traditionally hand-drawn movie. Additionally, it is the only animated movie to be nominated alongside four other nominees as opposed to nine, Up in 2009 and eight for Toy Story 3 in 2010. It is also the only animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture without being nominated for Best Animated Feature, as the latter category had not been created at the time. So Beauty and the Beast was Disney's 30th animated feature film. Tim Curry was actually considered to voice the Beast. He later voiced Lord Fort in Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, 1997. The first song of the movie, Belle, has her express her fantasies. Oh, isn't this amazing? It's my favorite part because you'll see. 
Here is there here is where she meets Prince Charming, but she won't discover that it's him till chapter three. Later, the same music is reprised during Something There, where along the same tune she sings, new and a bit alarming. Who'd have ever thought that this could be? True that he's no Prince Charming, but there's something in him that I simply didn't see. It's basically a retelling of the story she had read, with herself unknowingly as a character in it. Celine Dion was initially skeptical about recording the pop version of Beauty and the Beast. At the ending credits shortly after being terminated from an American tale, Five O Goes West, with her rendition of Dreams to Dream, Dion, who was initially unknown in the U.S. at the time, while Disney Pictures contacted Peebo Bryson to be her singing duet partner for the song. Disney's original choice for director was Richard Williams, First off, directing the animation for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Williams declined the offer in order to continue work on The Thief and The Cobbler, but suggested Richard Purdom. Purdom's treatment was closer to the original Gabriel or Gabrielle Suzanne Barbat the Villeneuve story. That's a long name. With a darker tone and no musical numbers. Dissatisfied with the initial story reels, Jeffrey Katzenberg Axe Howard Ashman and Alan Minkin, who were just finishing work on The Little Mermaid, to add songs and contribute story ideas. Purdom left the production at the end of 1989, feeling the project was no longer the movie he wanted to make. The opening scenes of his initial treatment can be seen as an extra on the 2010 Diamond Edition DVD Blu-ray release. Several characters in this movie are in homage uh, to characters in the nine-time Academy Award-winning Gigi, that came out came out in 1958, Lumiere is a tribute to Maurice Chevalier, perfectly impersonated by Jerry Orbach. The main male protagonist's name is Gaston, with a similar air of confidence as Gaston from Gigi. When Gigi rebuffs him in the 1958 movie, they both sing a self-righteous song of indignation. Indignation. Gaston of this movie is not redeemed in the end, however. Unlike Gigi's Gaston, this movie is a take on the classic French novel La Belle et la Bête. Though not the same source material, both being French-themed, this movie pays homage to great French actors and themes past past in Gigi. Watching Gigi will lead to a greater appreciation of this film. Jerry Obrock intended Lumiere's voice to be similar to Maurice Cavalier's, and even paid tribute to him in the middle of the BR guest number, right as he says, course by course, one by one. Howard Ashman wanted to have a scene in which the young prince is first transformed into the beast. He considered it to be emotional and tragic. However, an argument erupted when directors Gary and Kirk Wise, who shouldn't shake visions of Butch Patrick in the monsters, called the idea a cheap shot and considered it to be too ridiculous to take seriously. Ultimately, it was decided to open this movie with a stained glass window as a mirror to the opening storybook of previous Disney movies. The transformation was not shown until the direct-to-video sequel Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, and it was also seen in the 2017 live-action remake. Wow, okay, so this is interesting, and I definitely didn't think of this. 
So it says many people believe that the prince was cursed as a child and that the rose will bloom until his 21st birthday. However, this is actually false. The quote from the, the prologue actually says until his 21st year. It never actually says birthday. Therefore, the curse may have been put on the prince as an adult and he was frozen in time for 21 years. This will also explain how Chip came to be considering he is just a child when the curse breaks. An alternative idea is that Chip doesn't age while he is a cup. That's a good, because that's a good point, because I was like, so Mrs. Potts is Chip's mother. So it's like, dang, did she just have a lot of kids or what? Because she's like a really older woman and she got this little, little kid, baby, like this, he looked like he probably four or five years old. So that's something that I was thinking about because it's like she old and she got this little young young son. So he must have been frozen at that that age when the curse curse was first um done on them. But that's cool though, because I didn't think about that. So instead of it being until his first 21st birthday, it's the 21st year, I guess, of him being cursed, I guess, until his 21st year, 21 years. Okay. Damn. Because that's even, that's worse because if, say, but that's, I didn't think he was cursed as a, as a kid because when they show in the beginning of the movie, when they do the little they show they tell the story he doesn't look appear to be like a kid he appears to be um some maybe like a in his maybe 16 17 years old maybe 18 i don't know so i'm thinking oh it's going to be a couple years until he turns 21 you know no more than like a decade because he's he he already appeared to be close to that age but instead, it meant, no, not until you turn 21. No, for 21 years. 21 years go by. That's how long the curse is. Which that does make that does make a lot more sense. So Belle's eyes were originally going to be gray, but in the final cut, they were hazel. Belle is currently the only official Disney princess to have hazel eyes. All right. Walt Disney Animation Studios' last musical movie in which all the movie actors and actresses performed both the speaking and singing parts until The Princess and the Frog in 2009. All right, y'all. That was our episode for Beauty and the Beast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to visit the website, catchthesevibespod.com. So many different things that you can do on there. You can... You can review reviews. You can submit a review. You can support, donate to the podcast to help with, you know, getting better equipment and, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, so check out the website if you haven't in a while. It's really cute and dope. And I'm working on some merch. Um, I'm trying to get that all squared away so that it is a seamless process for everyone to place their orders and for the shipping and all that good stuff so that is coming 
Um, also follow I follow on IG catch these vibes pod. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week with another episode. We got we got a schedule out currently. So let me just go through the next couple of episodes for y'all. Okay, so the next movie, next week we are going to be doing The Fugitive. So The Fugitive stars, what the fuck his name is? What's his name? Oh, hell. I know his name. Harrison Ford. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I had a brain fart. But, yeah, Harrison Ford. (laughs) Really good movie. Cannot wait to talk about it. After that, we will have set it off September 6th to start off September. Ease by you after that. Kiss the girls. The wedding singer. So that is the schedule for up until September 27th. And maybe another, maybe two weeks or so, I will put out the October schedule, which I'm really excited for because it's going to be really fun. It's going to be spooky season. So I'm really excited to get into those movies. I already have that schedule put together. I just didn't want to release it just yet. So yeah, that is what to look forward to. Next week, we'll be talking about The Fugitive. And yeah, so again, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been great. My name is Charmonique. Hope you caught a vibe. Okay, hope you caught a vibe. And love, peace, and air, grease. Smooches.